So, Joe, the other night I was laying in bed looking up at the stars, and I was thinking, what happened to my roof? Check one, check two, check <laughs> one, check two. Okay, try it again. Uh, uh, Joe, did you hear that uh, that story about the famous pickle? No. It was it was a big deal. It was a big deal? Was a big deal. Oh, he was a big deal. Yeah, he was yeah. a big deal. Right. He was a, he was a, hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Joe. Welcome to what very could be one of the last Carnival Personnel podcast, everybody. Please, you know uh, the uh, the 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 elections looming. Things are precarious, but either way, in the meantime, you got Joe and I doing Carnival Personnel. Probably doing one more, maybe two more of these things, maybe two hundred more, depending on how things go and the needs of the people being met, or. Uh, a two-for-one sale down at the <laughs> rickety chair and rope store, and Joe and I can do the whole murder-suicide we've not talked about, but I know we've both dreamt about. Double suicide. Double <laughs> is that suicide. What it is? All right. Okay. So uh, either way, as long as we don't have to be here, that's, that, that, that's a good thing. Joe, we're starting at the bottom. Wait, what? Uh, we're starting not really with sport, but we're going to start with the world of hockey. Stanley Cup was raised a couple weeks ago uh, by the by the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, but uh, many big things happening in hockey this week, Joe. Or I don't know when they happened, but they recently came across my. Uh, my I was going to say Twitter, but I'm not on it. Uh, my text chains. This morning, I was tweeted to a K-pop video featuring uh, a group I should have written their name down, but wearing Bruin jerseys. And I cannot tell you how many people sent that to me today saying, Hey, Jacques, you like Koreans and the Bruins? Do you have anything to do with this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're called Simply K. And uh, so they had a Luchik. They were all wearing Luchik jerseys except for one. Yeah, who had a Bergeron. Yeah. You know, and it might be it's a couple. It's it's one of a couple things. Either the video is several years old because Lucci has fled the coop. He went to L.A. for a year, didn't work out. He went up to Edmonton, and I don't know if he's still with Edmonton. He might even be out of the league. Bergeron, of course, is still you know one of the top ten players in the league. But uh, either way, I thought it was delightful. (laughs) According to the text you gave me, the video is dated. October 16th, 2015. So this is actually the, you know, fifth anniversary of that uh, celebration <laughs> of the Bruins and K-pop. Or so, I like so. to call it the chocolate and peanut butter of music. <laughs> what do you eat? Um, so then another fun clip came by, by my... Uh, by, by my text chains of a Zamboni at a rink in Rochester, New York that... Seriously, oh, Rochester. Never mind. <laughs> like a uh, like a drummer from Spinal Tap, pretty much spontaneously combusted. Did you see, you saw the clip? Yeah, it was Dude. amazing. Like so, it, it was. It's funny because it as it was going along, it left like a Back to the Future DeLorean fire right. trail in the ice. Uh, I saw that, and uh, at first, I'm like, is is you know because the clip says like you know you know Zamboni explodes and 
as it's going, I'm like, is that like red dye it's dropping? Is that like some kind of like they're supposed to paint the ice with that for some reason, which I don't know why you would use a Samboni to do it. Is that Eli Beck under there? Wow. Wow. To our 10th caller, who knows who Eddie LeBeck is, we have a... Um, but seriously, I'm watching it, and then as the thing starts to like flame up instantly... Dude, again, so much to unpack here. First of all, uh, so many questions were answered by Biff, who had listened to a hockey-based podcast called Puck Soup that had a whole hour dedicated to the story. Like <laughs> they researched it. I'm gonna I'm gonna whittle it down, you know, quite a bit. But you know, but thank you to friend of the podcast, Biff. Turns out, I had said in the text to you know him and All Star and Taylor, it's like, well, first of all, they're calling it an ice resurfacing machine. Explodes. Fun fact, I guess the Samboni company, those kind of machines are referred to as Sambonis. Uh, The Samboni company itself, very litigious, and they have a PR wing that instantly scours the galaxy, and any time Zamboni is mentioned in an unflattering term, sends them cease and desist orders. Wow. And, And sure enough, there was, I don't know if it was issued today, but I think All Star or Biff found it and sent it to us, saying, "You know, their their official statement. You know, we're aware of this clip going around. We like to point out that machine was not manufactured by the Simone Company. Right? It was like some weird, like Amazon knockoff kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was it was Amazon Prime Day the other That's day. That's what I was going to say. They got the Prime deal and they whoops, got free you know, shipping. Hey, I know, right? So." I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna dig out that episode and listen to Puck Soup because, dude, I want to know about that dude who didn't panic. You know, didn't get off the machine and go running like the sky was falling, as I'm pretty sure you would, Joe, and as I'm definitely sure I would. I would push small children and women out of the way to flee that rink. What if it was? To tie everything together, what if he was watching that K-pop video while he was driving and he got distracted? <laughs> but, dude, he's just watching. You know, he's just doing it. It's getting more and more inflamed. He turns the thing around and heads to make sure he gets it off the ice. And I don't know if he's like, if he owns the rink and he's like, fuck, I'm going to lose a Samboni. I can't lose a rink and a Samboni. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple minutes later, some of the hockey players just kind of casually glide on over, you know, to see what's going on back in the garage. And I'm like, when did you want to be skating in the other direction? <laughs> you know, kind of away from the thing that's about to blow up. You would think. You would think. And I know we'll have a, a bunch of COVID talk coming up. But while we're still on hockey, I get a text. Maybe it was from you yesterday or management. You know, I blur the two of you together because I get so many, you know, fun and interesting texts for both of you. Um, you know, both semi boob pics, which is fantastic. But uh, the state of New Hampshire has shut down all ice rinks for the next two weeks. And, and Massachusetts, I think, just in the past two weeks had opened them up. But New Hampshire has been open for like two months. And uh, shockingly, they're coming to find out a lot of outbreaks happening, you know, uh, being pinpointed at 
different hockey rinks and, and games. And I mentioned it to somebody and they sent me an article that, oh, yeah, well, down in Florida, they had a White House level super spreader event at one particular game. I don't know if like five players on each team had it and then they told two friends and then they told two friends and so on and so on. But the state of Florida had a super spreader event at a, you know, pinpointed to a single hockey game at a rink at the same time, you know. 1,600 miles away, the entire state of New Hampshire has shut down rinks. So uh, a lot of hockey to start off the show from delightful K-pop videos <laughs> featuring Bruins jerseys to exploding non-Samboni, Samboni ice resurfacing machines to uh, to Coven, you know, um, spreading far and wide uh, ice rink near you. Now, why uh, are you saying Coven? Okay. You're fucking me up. I'm saying Coven because uh, two weeks ago, a, a comedian that both you and I like dearly, Bill Burr, hosted Saturday Night Live. And there was a skit that that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago in which three couples were having a social distance get together for the first time in like seven months. And one couple kept mispronouncing words. <laughs> right. And, and Coven was one of them. Oh, God. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you, you know, uh, it, it's unprecedented. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Don't, don't, you don't have to correct him. You don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't have to you correct him. You have to him. correct everything. <laughs> you know, let it go. <laughs> that was a, a little, a little wordplay funny type sketch. Uh, I don't know if it's come up, Joe, that a couple weeks ago I did a celebrity concert for the USO, and I, and I just want to make sure I took time. Whoa, 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 whoa. To, you were involved in a celebrity concert for the USO, and you're just I, telling did, me now? Just not right. I, Joe, I'm humble. You know, I don't like to brag. It's just not in my nature. It's not your um, bag, baby. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's right here. Bragging is chocolate bears. Bragging's my kind of bag. Written like by chocolate. Bear. <laughs> uh, I, I also wanted to take this opportunity to say I'm going to be doing more of them, and I'm also thinking really hard about starting a Snapchat account just so Biff has another way to shit on me publicly. If if let's say I ever do do another USO concert like I did a couple weeks ago with the Great Scott Crimes and uh, and Michael Chiklis, and if I happen to mention it and, and Biff hears it on let's say more than one occasion, and I have Snapchat, he can he can go to that and say, "You suck. Stop telling people about your." unbelievably minor contribution <laughs> to an event that happened 3,000 miles away that you had nothing to do with. I just so. want to say this to Biff. Biff, how many celebrity concerts have you organized for the USO? <laughs> All right? All right? Uh, but anyway, no, I thought that was funny because I've been off of Twitter now going three weeks. In, the, in three weeks, I've logged on like three times. Oh, I'm going to log on like when you post the video and, and re-forward it to my two followers. And then, uh, luckily, a good friend of mine, uh, you, said, hey, check out. <laughs> you might want to check out Twitter today. And I did. I, I, I thought that was hysterical. Like, Biff was just pretty hysterical about that. So, um, and, and, and my management called me in tears liking the reply, you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> So she she likes when my friend shit on me, and I'm like, yeah, I had that coming. Let me, let, let, let me pile on. You know, I mean, 
But between Biff and you, and, and, and Joe was kind enough, Joe did me the amazing service this week to remind me how unfunny I am. And just to make sure that, let's say, my ego was getting out of control because I helped produce a celebrity content for the USO and wanted to bring me back down to earth. I had a couple bits that I thought, oh, these could be funny. And Joe saw the material, heard me rehearse, and said, yeah, that could be funny. You should find a comedian to say that stuff, but completely rewrite it first. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Have somebody else deliver different material. It basically had, is my 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 uh, tip, my hot tip to you. You had all the right words, just completely in the wrong order, and coming out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so between between Biff and Biff and Joe, and it's one of those things where I, I want to say, you know, we're friends like you, and you're both gonna hey, hey ease up on the friend word there. <laughs> you know, it's like, we know you, but don't don't you know don't obligate us. No, but we did. Uh, getting back to. Bill Burr in his Saturday Night Live from a couple weeks ago, we for the longest time as Bostonians have greatly enjoyed what was it, three seasons ago? Two seasons ago, three seasons ago when they did the Duncan's commercial with Casey Flack. Yeah, that was about about two or three years ago. It, actually, it seems like five years ago. It seems like eons ago. <laughs> well, it was 2018, so it was 2018, one year, 2019, two years, 2020, seven years. So yeah, it was it was about <laughs> nine. Th- so this is the 10th anniversary <laughs> of that sketch. And it is great because, you know, you know, they nailed it. You know, and 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 every, you know, Casey Affleck is from Boston and and he just got it. Just uh, everything about that skit, the tiniest little details about the dude having the cracked iPhone screen. You know what I right. mean? Right. Holding like standing outside, standing at the door of the Dunkin Donuts with a cigarette, holding it outside the door so that he's not you, technically you, smoking. You can't smoke in here. I'm not smoking smoke. in here, Mark. <laughs> So, uh, uh, you know, Bill Burr rose into town and says, I think I got that character down, but let's let's mix it up a little bit and put him in a stopping shop. Dude, that 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 hurt how funny that was. You're talking about the Saturday Night Live parody commercial last week where they did a Sam Adams Jacko pumpkin beer commercial where there was a Sam Adams rep who is bartending at this little table inside a supermarket, and they're getting the opinions of the beer from real Bostonians. And they go through the litany of, like, the white bread kind of, you know, Harvard-educated or, you know, professional people who maybe have lost their Boston accent over the 25, 30 years they've been on the planet. And then they cut to the um, other real Bostonian, Bill Burr, Who's the scumbag kind of guy who's, you know, wearing like the the Celtics. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just because one of his co-workers at a construction site once found monkey bones doesn't mean he's a scumbag. <laughs> you know, he, he was not the guy who found it, but he definitely knows about it. He and, knows the guy who knows the guy. Yes, he definitely does. So, yeah. Yeah. Bill Burr is in the he's one of the participants of this taste test. And immediately spits it out. He's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Oh, and let, take two. All right, let's let's try this again for real. Guzzles the whole thing down, puts it down. Downs it. Downs it. He guzzles the whole thing down, and he goes, "I didn't like it." <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go through the whole goddamn parody. You, you know, so but I do want to. You go, go shot by shot through that Citizen Kane. I do. <laughs> I, I, I really want to. Uh, I want to do a self indulgent theater 
of that commercial. We will. I mean, but the thing is, he, you know, it, it, it nailed it. It's like, yeah, this beer sucks. Cut to he's drank five or six through the taping of it. Yeah, right. It's like um, this tastes like something where a buddy of yours brings it to a party that you're having, and then like eight months later, a buddy comes over and he says, "You got any beer?" And I go, "Well, I got this pumpkin shit in the fridge." <laughs> And then his son, his adult son's like, you know, Pop, Pop, let's go. You've been here for half an hour. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> You're like your mother. Is today the day? <laughs> right. They're going to get into a fight. Yeah. Somebody else is talking about like the, the taste of the beer and how it kind of, you know, you can kind of sense the pumpkin and the spice. And then all of a sudden you hear in the background, it's like you know, Pop-Tots, Reese's Puffs. What do you ate? Put these back and go get the stop and shop cornflakes from the welfare bin. What's that look? Are you going to take a swing at your old man? Is today the day? Huh? Are you a real man now? Huh? And what Joe and I were just going off about, as much as it was like in your face, you know, you could see some of the jokes and some of the bits coming. The fact that the subtleness of never mentioning why his arm is in a cast is just (laughs) brilliant. We're just spoiling the entire sketch. You know what? If you haven't seen it, Shame on Shame you. Shame on you. <laughs> but if you if you actually want to see real professional comedians and actors portray what we are stumbling through now, go online. It's on the YouTube. Just type they, in uh, Sam Adams, SNL, Bill Burr, uh, Bostonian mass holes. And I think you'll, you know. <laughs> I, I think, I think mass holes is now synonymous with that Dunkin' Donuts commercial and that. Uh, you know, seeing speaking, seeing clips online because I live in a in a in a bubble. I did not see this famous clip of a guy hiking and a cougar chasing him for six minutes, like a mountain lion. Did you see it? I did, and actually, I know a little bit more about what not to do and what to do when approached by a cougar because I follow a guy named Yashar Ali. He's like a reporter, but he's also like very prominent on Twitter. He basically said, look, when you're passing this video around, I know a lot about what to do in the wilderness with these types of animals. And this guy broke almost every rule about what not to do. The media made it out to be like, oh, my God, this cougar just stalked this guy out of nowhere for six minutes and he barely escaped with his life. Meanwhile... Maybe the cougar was a mother cougar who was protecting her baby cougars. You know, this guy, he's talking to this cougar like it's a domesticated cat. You know, like he's like, hey, hey, you get away from me. You know, probably shitting his pants. He's also wearing a GoPro the whole time. So that's what, but there are things that you can do or should do when you're approached by any sort of wildcat. One, never crouch down, never avert your eyes away from the cougar and Find something to throw toward the cougar, and the cougar will probably run away. At least he was smart enough to not turn his back and run. Right. That, that's, he didn't break rule number one. Well, rule number one, hopefully you have a clean pair of pants when you get back to the car because you just shit that. Two, uh, he didn't. He didn't turn his back and run, which would have probably been you know, the death of him. Oh, yes. Yeah. And every time he, you could see every time like he looked away from the cougar, like the, the cougar advanced oh, when it pounced a couple times yeah. like it, like there was like two so management tells me this as i'm driving home uh the other day she goes do you, do you know about this clip I'm, I'm like no no it's like i'll show you when we get home i'm like no the just just the 10 seconds 20 seconds you've been telling me about it my anxiety's off the chart 
I don't have to see it. Um, guess who saw it? <laughs> you know, so we get home and she wanted me to see it. And, and then, you know, there was the same thing, you know, as she's showing me this, like I'm reading, it's like some of the things he did right. And some of the things he did wrong. Like you're supposed to be big. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, try to show dominance, yell at, try not to, you know, don't turn and run. So, so that's definitely worth a look. You know, she was aghast that I hadn't seen it, but then she showed me the follow-up video. Have you seen the follow-up video to that? Uh, no. What do they go? Uh, house flipping or something? Is, it, is there like uh, a... Uh, the second one that she showed me is almost as scary. It's a guy, you know, it's not the same guy, but a similar looking trail. And a cougar comes out of the bushes <laughs> after the guy. So uh, it's it's hilarious. It's like, oh. That's what funny people do when they see something like this. It makes something funny. Uh, and then people like Joe and I look at it and laugh and say, I wish we were as funny as those guys. And then if we're if you're a really good audience, we'll try to recite parts of the clips that we saw, but not as good and kind of disjointed. And then we get ahead of ourselves and we cut the other person off. And it's, oh, it's a whole mess. But you know what? That's why you love us. <laughs> Jacques, you have another topic you wanted to discuss? I did. You know, before we get into the crap fest of crap, which is you know, 2020 and the world and everything in between. Another fun clip that I saw that I, I watched and I actually spent some time reading follow-up articles about it. Did you see, I don't know where the dude was, but some Latino dude driving to work one morning, his car breaks down and he really wants to get to work on time and he has a skateboard in the car. So he just boards the rest of the way to work. And while doing it, makes a TikTok video of him skateboarding down the road, singing Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I did see that. And uh, he was drinking uh, Ocean Spray cranberry juice or cranapple juice or whatever it was at the same time. Out of the out of the bottle, like a boss. Like a boss. And, you know, I don't exactly remember his TikTok name, but I think it was something like, you know, hashtag 420 dogface is <laughs> his name. Guy, formerly homeless, just... First of all, that's first thing in the morning. He's trying to get to work. It's early in the morning. His car breaks down, and he's just chilled. He's like, oh, oh this sucks. Good thing I got my skateboard. I'm still going to make it to work in time. I've seen Back to the Future. Calls up, you know, makes this little video. He doesn't know until he takes a lunch break. He's like, oh, 100,000 people saw this thing. And then by, like, the end of the workday, like, a couple million people had seen it. And then over the next few days, next few weeks, month... He had no intentions of becoming this little internet star or it being kind of life-changing for him. But first of all, Mick Fleetwood decides, you know what? I'm going to recreate that video. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that. That was cute. Ocean Spray bought the dude a car. And a lifetime supply of, uh, or not a lifetime, but like a year supply of not turtle wax, but Ocean <laughs> Spray cranberry juice. And if that guy is drinking, what what was that, like a liter bottle, a two-liter bottle of Right, it's thing? the one you buy at, in the grocery aisle that you put in the fridge and you kind of, you know, you use only when you, like, you have like a, a urinary tract infection or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, he's and he's talking, and it was a nice story, but he's like, yeah, people, you know, start sending money, and this one guy, like, one dude sends like 200 bucks, and I'm like, whoa, I got to work four days to make 200 bucks. And I'm thinking, dude... That's uh, you were you were pushing yourself that hard to get to a job that is paying 
five bucks an hour, maybe. I mean, how many hours a day are you working that you're making 200 bucks or four? And I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. I mean, the fact that this guy is, is working that hard and working that hard to get to his job and has such a great attitude. I, I literally, in a world full of one shitstorm after one shitstorm followed by, you know, people standing in front of fans having pissing contests, it was really awesome to see, you know, that that was a really nice moment that, you know, spun off other nice moments. And it's a win-win for Fleetwood Mac because Dreams sold 7,000 downloads in the U.S. the week ending October 1st, according to this website that I'm reading from, So, you know, which was up 584%. Uh, so, yeah, you know, everybody, uh, everybody wins. Uh, and another win. Who would have thought you would get a win-win or maybe a win-win-win out of, fuck you, Danbury? Yeah, that was great. We were referring to... John Oliver, the, he was bestowed the quote-unquote honor of having a waste treatment plant in Danbury, Connecticut, named after him the John Oliver Memorial Waste Treatment Plant. But that was after weeks of shitting on Danbury arbitrarily. Just like, you know, he would make you know, hard right turns in his broadcast each week to just shit on Danbury, Connecticut, but in a pleasant way. It's like, you know, the, you know fuck Danbury for being the... Forbes magazine's number one place to live in 2017, kind of thing. And eventually Danbury gave him this honor, but then the mayor of Danbury the next week said, well, of course we're not really naming it the waste treatment plant because that was just a joke. To which John Oliver replied, well, if the problem is that you don't have a sign, well, I have a sign and I'll give it to you, plus I'll donate... You know, what was it, $10,000 to five different charities or something like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, eventually, apparently, that that worked out in everybody's favor because Dan Burry said, okay, <laughs> deal. Right. And, when he, and he said, you know, and it can't be for a day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think the rule is it's like at least for a year or two year thing, they have to keep the sign out there. And whenever that rib, ribbon covering ceremony is, you know, you know, Dan Coven, I'm go- I'm going to. I'll I'll, I'll mask up and, and 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 get down there. So shines a good deed in a weary world. We won't get deep into this, but it's a semi-real question. That's what she said. Uh, is uh, is Farmer's Almanac really a thing? And when's the? I mean, I know it was huge for forever. When is the last time you've actually seen a Farmer's Almanac? Honestly, like 1988. 89 when I was a young autistic You'd visit boy. your grandmother and she'd have that in the bathroom. Yeah, and I'd be like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, it's March now, but it's predicting October's weather. How does it know the future? Where are the Where's the lottery number section in this thing? I don't... Uh... <laughs> so what about it? So I just bring it up because I've heard two different commercials, one on a national show, on a, a national syndicated show one morning that's out of Chicago and one in Boston where different people have selling their wares saying, well, the farmer's almanac is predicting a pretty harsh winter. I'm like, really? That's still a thing. You're, that's, that's your go-to. That, 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 that's, that's your Doppler in the sky in 2020 is referencing the farmer's almanac. And I, I, it got me thinking, it's like, when is the last time I've been taking a shit at a really old person's house <laughs> and, and saw this on the radiator, the old fashioned radiator that sits next to it, that if you're not careful while you get up to wipe, that you're going to burn the side of your knee on. 
the only, the only farmers thing that I can recall in the last couple of years is farmers uh, insurance. We are farmers. Farmersonly.com, where, you know, if you're a farmer and you're looking for other hot farmers to date and procreate and create little farmers, little farmlets, go to farmersonly.com. Then the other thing is that if you're wondering the next time or the last time you shit in an old person's house, I don't know. But I know the next time you're going to shit in an old person's house, and that's going to be tomorrow because you, sir, are an old person. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Let let me go back. See my notes from earlier show. Yep. Yep. Biff and Joe aren't my friends. Okay. I I don't know to cross that off, but I guess we're circling back to that. Um, Mm. No. So I, I just thought that. So... You and I really liked the first season of Glow. I I liked the first season of Glow, but I never followed up the second or third season. Same, same here. I, right, I kind of checked out, and I did the same that with a, I do that with a lot of series like Ozark and Orange Is the New Black. You know, they 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 you know compel me to watch a little bit of like the next season maybe, but then like I kind of fall off. And Glow is one of those things. It wasn't a bad show. It was just like I don't know too many things to watch, I guess, and it didn't. I, I don't know. It was it wasn't the it wasn't the thing. But at least uh, hopefully I can catch up before the next season you know airs because they're up to what season three right now and they're gonna do season four or what? No next, next uh, no what what no what uh, uh, they got green lit for a fourth season. Mm-hmm. But and and so I read a really interesting article and we've talked about it before. Like the business model in the streaming world is very few shows go. More than a third season. Like most shows go a second or a third season. And unless it's just a huge runaway smash, it's very, very rare. Like you can count the number of shows on like one hand on each of the big streamers that have gone to a fourth season. And, you know, some of the problems with the shows are the the lag time between them like two two years between certain seasons and certain shows and global phenomena like they were saying the crown and stranger things have weathered the storm of these long layoffs and glow was okay i mean they had some long layoffs too because it's such a big ensemble cast to get the whole band back together or to keep the band together stuff so it was a lot of work to get the the season two and season three but they got greenlit and started shooting season four. Then, you know, COVID hit. And then they decided, well, not only have they not been able to shoot for the last six, seven months, that show is so physically demanding. Like, you are honestly on top of each other. You have four, eight people in the ring each and every time. You held back and you were about to use it correctly. They are literally, literally. on top of each other. Um, see how much you beat me into a pulp <laughs> that you have me question like, wait, do I breathe in first and then breathe out or do I breathe out first and then back in? You know, what? what is going, you know, I don't want to get yelled at and emasculated by Joe even more. You know, fun fact, when, when I was pointing out and I said, and I said this to Joe the other day when I, when I made him like, listen to me, try to, you know, go through the new bits. And he and he's rightfully so putting me in check. I'm like, and I called you like like that, you know. And I called you and asked you. Pretty, I wasn't a thousand percent sure, but I was um, uh, I was a thousand percent sure that was gonna, <laughs> you know, you know, be it. So so I did. But so back to Glow, you know, the layoffs have have hurt the show somewhat. 
But going into the fourth season, they did. They greenlit it, started production. It's been on halt. And just this week, they're like, you know what? We can't really shoot a big show like this because there's so many people. There's, there's, you can't have a wrestling show with big crowds and have zero crowds. Yeah, and all those extras and all. So there were, they just made the decision. It's like you know, it, we're gonna chuck this one up to the pandemic. Which I'd be upset, except you know, I, I, I liked season one, but not enough where I ran back for season two and three. And that's okay. Because they're always going to be there, right? You know, you right. can still check it out and you can still enjoy it and kind of go, you know, if you do make it all the way through, you go, oh, shit, you know, I could have used a season four. Well, the thing, the interesting thing is, you know, they interviewed, you know, some people at Netflix and Amazon and there's an article I read and they were basically, yeah, that's what Seinfeld's for. And that and that's what like the office is for. You want syndicated reruns? You know, you want four hundred episodes of show. We got plenty of those. But for us to produce shows to, like first run shows, is what they're doing. You know, people don't go back as much. I mean, unless you're me and you've rewatched like the Daredevil season one and two eight times, uh, they they just don't get that many eyeballs a couple years later. They they don't have that shelf life. What what might have had a shelf life? is Dexter and and after nearly a decade HBO your your beloved yours and mine beloved HBO Max is bringing Dexter back for a 10 episode arc HBO is bringing it back it was a Showtime show HBO I think it's HBO Max oh. is bringing Showtime but you, who, what it was originally on doesn't mean that they No own, yeah I was just yeah. curious that that was the case so I never I, I watched a little bit of Dexter I never got into it and I heard through the grapevine that, you know, the first several seasons were amazing. And then the kind of flatlined around season four or five. And then like, whoa, that last. And then uh, the the finale is notoriously disappointing to Dexter fans. Um, I'm not one of them, but because I will tell you and and I and look, I'm I'm not not sitting in front of my notebook, my Dexter notebook from a few years back. But uh, like season one was really good. And I can't take realistic violence, as you know. And it was really fucking weird because I remember thinking, wait a minute, you're rooting for a serial killer. Like they they made a a, a, a hero, a vigilante hero, sort of speak, out of – and, you know, the, the, the story of – his adopted dad knew this kid was going to be fucked up and had this disease and you can't rewire this. So you you can't take this part out of him. And so I might as well point the missile, <laughs> you know, and, and, at, at, at a target. And it's, it's true because he goes after people who, man, they fucking have it coming. Like, like, I, I don't, you know, with it, with a couple exceptions, you know, and fuck it, it. The show's been off the air for ten years. You know, there was a couple people who, you know, it was either Dexter or them, and they weren't necessarily bad guys who wound up, you know, being sliced up and put in baggies and dropped in, you know, uh, uh you know, uh, a point somewhere in Miami, and and Dexter's self awareness of knowing how fucked up he is. And so, like, season one was good. Season two was good. Like, th- like season three or four was like, holy fuck, is this good? There, there was a season with John Lithgow mm-hmm. that was so hard to watch. Each episode was a 
fucking living nightmare that you couldn't stop watching. And, and it was so brilliant. And it's, it's, you know, and we've talked about, you know, the, the, the farmer's insurance guy, Juno's dad, only look at him in those lights and never watch us because you can't unsee us. John Lithgow's character in this is beyond evil. Wait, it's like more evil than evil. more evil than his character in Santa Claus the movie. I think not. Uh, <laughs> with, I throw a challenge. I'm throwing a challenge flag on that comment. Willful and malicious. <laughs> Sorry, did you say I was skillful and delicious? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, Dexter's uh, coming back to HBO Max. You say for I ten ep- ten episodes. Yep. Psyched or ah. yeah. Uh, well, so so. It's interesting because season the 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 and I and, and you know I I'll try to go back and watch it. Well, I will go back and watch the the last episode, but the last episode you know, it's tough. Um he he and his sister have a great relationship, but his sister finds out, you know, who Wait, he you, is. Oh, okay. Right. And, and, and <laughs> he, you know, his sister winds up uh, like a lot of loose ends got tied up and Dexter gets away. I mean, that's always been one of the things like, you know, Dexter ends up finding some falling in love with somebody almost as fucked up as him. They actually have a kid. He early on has sent her off like she's like in Brazil or somewhere on the other side of the world. And things go down. People find out who Dexter is. His sister winds up not surviving and she was a great character and you weren't sure it's like one of those things like the sopranos if i remember but like the screen kind of goes black or like you think he's dead and then it's it cuts to him working as a lumberjack on the other side of the world like a big beard and you see like somebody just do something fucking awful and it just kind of cuts to Dexter, and he has that look. And you hear Bad to the Bone play in the background. <laughs> uh, my management years ago, and she pointed it out, and, and and it was two or three episodes in, he wears the same shirt every time he's about to go kill somebody. Mm. And it's and, and you look online, it's the Dexter Kill shirt. And she got me one, and um, she got me it when I was about 185, and the goal is for me to be back to 185 by the time Dexter comes out, so I can wear the kill shirt when I watch uh, the relaunch of Dexter. So to recap, uh, Dexter gets away, becomes a lumberjack, uh, Walter White uh, dies, and Jesse Eisenberg gets, or Jesse gets away, um, the, the woman in the crying game is actually a man. And uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Well, we you know if you haven't seen Star Wars, fuck you. But um, what else can we spoil? Uh, oh, uh, 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 Rose Monica, 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 and Chandler moved to the suburbs. Uh-huh. Uh, Rosebud was a sled. Um, what else? Um, uh, Soiling green with people. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, and the Planet of the Apes was actually Earth. What? Yeah, like the, in the future. It was after a nuclear war, apparently. Show's been off the air 10 years. If you haven't seen it, I don't fucking care. Anyways, moving on. What a dick. (laughs) To me, I'm I'm talking. uh, Farmers all that covered, glow covered. Uh, Death in the family. Apparently, there's a new Batman animated feature called Death in the the Family, which, uh, fun fact, 
they covered extensively in Under the Red Hood, which, as you know, for a good long time, had a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think it's fallen to like 98%. Yeah, thanks, Armand White. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> You don't get that reference. <laughs> Look up Armand White. That's a little uh, homework assignment for you. Anyways, go on. So I see, I, I heard that there's this new animated thing. I looked at Apple TV and I was with the little guys and they're like, oh, let's watch the preview. And it starts off with different clips. It's different animation. But then it has like sh- like scenes from Under the Red Hood, like Jason Todd getting beaten to death with a crowbar in Sarajevo by the Joker. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this repurposed footage? Is this a flashback? And so... In the comic book series, uh, I apologize to everybody right now, uh, in the comic book series, it was called Death in the Family. That was a story arc in which Jason Todd meets his demise. In the movie that introduced Red Hood back into the world, The Return of Jason Todd. And so uh, I'm watching this trailer, and there's a scene where, from Under the Red Hood, where... You know, Jason Todd, Red Hood, is shooting a rock, uh, an RPG into the office of Black Mask. Well, in Death in the Family, he's dressed as his character named Red, uh, uh, Red Robin, which, of course, Joe will tell you is what Tim Drake becomes uh, when Damian Wayne comes by to be the new Robin. Tim Drake had moved on like Nightwing before him. Damian Wayne is Nightwing. in this. Uh... And so, Damon Wayne, uh, Damien, Damien, Damien Wayne, okay, you know, Bruce Bruce Wayne's son from his uh, when he was Bill Cosby's by Talia Al Ghul. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So, wait, hold on. All right, I'm gonna put the shovel down, the rabbit hole's deep enough, but, anyways, I, I, you know, and I thought it's like, well, I'm not gonna. And my my boys are like, are we going to buy it? It's like, well, first, no, I'm not spending 20 bucks on something that will be on HBO Max in a month or two. Secondly, I'm not going to spend twenty bucks on a remake of something that just came out, you know, what, eight years ago that is awesome. So I don't know what they what they've done that's different. But either way, I, I like I said, it's a shot for shot thing. But in one of the shots, he's dressed as a a good guy character, like you know, Red Robin and and you know, Red Hood are completely different, and um. The three people who listen have <laughs> killed <turned> themselves. <laughs> they, we've just we've just contributed to three deaths. Uh, that's you know your reasoning for not watching Death in the Family is my reasoning for not watching the new One Day at a Time. You know I think they got it right the first time in the seventies with Mackenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli and Bonnie Franklin and uh, whoa, uh, who played uh, Schneider? Uh, come on, what was his name? Oh, you know his name, right? Who played Schneider? We actually we actually spent, I think, a third of an episode one day talking about the dude <laughs> going down his IMDb page. Yeah, goddammit, I forget his name. But you know what? Um, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. I, I think I think it was just after or before the Grady episode. <laughs> we we dedicated an episode to just Grady well, from uh, Sanford and Son. And the show. Grady. Thank you. Um but but yeah, it, you know. So so the last the last interesting thing is you know, friend of the podcast. Well, no, no, friend of me. Uh, uh, I I got a text message the other day. I wake to the text message. It's like, hey, your boy uh, Billy Ray got song of the year. I was like, that was was that song two years ago or is that oh Old Town Road? Yeah, that was that was not this year, was it? 
Was no, that, that was last, no, it was 2019. That was a, that was summer of 2019. Right. Then why did he get a Billboard award this week for that song? They must have postponed the awards that were is, originally supposed to happen in March. Maybe is, is that what it is? I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize why they would wait until October. Like of was the it Kelly, next year? Kelly Clarkson hosted like the Billboard Awards yes. this week on like CBS or NBC, and and when I got that text message, I'm like, wait. No, that's an old thing. And I look, so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to look it up. And then I looked it up. You know, I, I, I went, it's like, oh, here's last night's winners. And I'm scrolling down. And I was like, holy shit. Like that song finally got out of everybody's brain and they're trying to force it back in. But then I noticed, I, I, I don't care who the person's name is, but I was, I was during headlights, Christian artist of the year. Like in the Billboard show, there was like pop band of the year, which of course, of course, could only go to one band. BTS. Thank you. Yeah. Who I, who I guess now are a publicly traded company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I, we talked about that. Oh, did, oh, is it on this podcast? I don't remember. You, you know, yeah, they are a publicly traded company, but they were band of the year. And then there was song of the year, the artist of the year. But then there was Christian artist of the year. And that's and it does like we talk about it. It's like the only reason. George Bush at the absolute lowest point of his popularity was like 28% for a long time. And you're like, who are these fucking motherfuckers who still are on board with this guy? And then you watch the movie Jesus Camp and you're like, oh, right, right. The the, the Christian Taliban, the Christ, you know, the Christian bond of the United States who are who are running our country now. But it's like, wow, it's it's just like blatant. It's like, wait a minute. The Jews control the entire entertainment industry. How did the green light? You know, let me let me shoot a let me shoot a hole in your theory. The Jews are creating, you know, controlling everything. In the well, media. you know, you got your black artist of the year, you got your Christian artist of the year. You know, you got everything for you. It's for everybody. You know, we give a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What's your problem? What are you gonna cry about it? Come on, we got Kelly Clarkson up there. I, I was, I was, so I was like, wow, that that's. Uh, I mean, and, and I look at. I'll be honest, I. I already thought they had Christian artists of the year. They just called it country artists. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, no, there was that big Muslim country singer. What was his? No, that the Jewish, that, that Jewish country. Well, actually, there was. There was Kiki Friedman and the Texas Jew Boys. And they, you, gotta, they, you, you do have a black country singer, by the way. I, Darius Rucker. Yeah, you do. You do. But, you know, that's only because uh, he wanted to annoy people more than Hootie the Blowfish. <laughs> Was Hootie the Blowfish's, uh, you know, American answer to uh, Nickelback? <laughs> you know, <laughs> No, they were pre-Nickelback. Oh, oh, so Nickelback saw Hootie the Blowfish and said, oh. They spawned Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, they suck. You know, and they're making a ton of money. Nickelback heard Hootie the Blowfish six months later. And then... Uh, <laughs> 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 Saw them on that documentary under the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was it. Uh, okay, enough of that. Now, now a little bit of awful. And this is a serious question. Again, this week, Blotus was used Dr. Fauci's statements in an ad out of context, which Dr. Fauci adamantly went on TV and said. Nope, I misquoted. This is wrong. And asked the president to stop using him in his ads out of context. And to which Mr. Trump said, um, no, fuck you. 
no, I'm going to I'm going to do what I want. Do you think it would at all? And I'm talking 0.1% move the needle if Dr. Fauci went on TV, went on Good Morning America and said, "People, I implore you. I've worked for six administrations. I'm I'm uh non-political and I've never endorsed or anything what I'm about to do, but I implore you, we will all die if you don't vote for Joe Biden and if you don't vote these motherfuckers in Congress out of the office who are pushing the no mask agenda. I plead with you to save hundreds of thousands of lives. Do not vote for Trump. Do you think it would? I mean, 0.1%. Is there, is there, is there one undecided person out there who wouldn't say, wait, he's been working in this position since the Reagan administration for three Democrats, three Republican, you know, presidents, and he's never said anything. If he, if he just, and I mean it, went on the Today Show and said, I, I implore you, it will save hundreds of thousands. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about the environment. I'm not talking about jobs. I'm saying we need to save hundreds of thousands of lives. And under this guy, we will lose those people. Would it would it change any votes? No. Okay. Is that what you wanted? Just flat out no? I mean, do you think anybody who's dug in on Trump is going to look at Dr. Fauci and say, hmm, you know what? He's worked under many administrations, both Republican and Democrat. He's, a, he's of sound mind, and I trust his word. You know what? This Trump is a huckster. He's, he's pulled the wool over my eyes, I say. I'm going to vote for Trump. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Jeepers creepers. I was about to make in, an indelible mistake by voting for Trump. Were it not for you, Dr. Fauci, I would have gone the wrong way of history. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Now fly away. Fauci so it, away. <laughs> <laughs> At this point... You're either wearing a mask or you're not. Like nobody, nobody is going to sway your opinion on the national level at this point. I'm guessing. So when the president says 85 percent of people wearing masks get COVID anyway, so do, so don't. I wear think a mask. the only person that could sway people for to wear a mask is Donald Trump. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I mean so, well, then, so, yeah, no, Doctor, Fe- no, Doctor Fauci, he's, he's been vilified by Trump. And anybody who's voting for Trump is going to follow what Trump says and then think that Dr. Fauci is a shill for, you know. For big oh, mask. Yeah, for big mask and for big Biden, you know. Um, no. It, so, yeah, no, I don't. And, but, and he's basically, and by the way, him going on talk shows and stating everything opposite of what Donald Trump is saying and making his case that Donald Trump is not telling the truth and that he's throwing all this hard work about COVID, the, preventing the spread of COVID out the window with his lies and his misdirections and his misinformation is essentially telling people to vote for Biden. He doesn't have to come out and say, I'm going to you know, vote for Joe Biden. That's like saying, you know, don't push this button. This is a big shiny red button. I implore you, do not push this button. Now I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, if you push this button, bad things are going to happen. So do not push this button. Okay, I have to go now. Now remember, no button. Got to go. <laughs> you think that button's going to get pushed by those Trump supporters? 
I, 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 I kind of think they would. Okay, next next time. All, right. All right. Hey, what about the emails? What about his emails? Dr. Fauci's emails? Uh, no, Hunter Biden. Oh. You, you've been following that late-breaking no, October I, surprise. I, I, no. So... The surprising thing about the Hunter, the not surprising thing about the Hunter Biden emails is that basically the FBI has come out and said, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, this isn't true. <laughs> now, in fact, he we doesn't have, have emails. Investigated. He never used emails. I knew it. What are you talking he, about? He's big carrot pigeon, man. He's in the, he's in, he's in the, in the, in, no, but I guess. The head of national security has gone to the president and said, uh, you know that Rudy Giuliani is being used, at, you know, by the Russians to get this information out there, that this isn't that this isn't real, that this that that, that if you thought there was nothing to Hillary's emails, where do you get a load of Hunter Biden's emails? And the FBI is now involved. And so far, they've come up and said, uh, yeah, this uh this 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 didn't quite go down like they said, and uh, these emails are not real. Hmm. And it's like flat out, it's like yeah, these these emails are. Oh, it says right here, signed, not signed, Guccifer two point whatever that Russian hacker's like name is and stuff. So the the big October surprise that Rudy's been hinting at for months, um, the national security apparatus has been hinting to to the president. It's like okay, everything Rudy's telling you is coming right from the Russian troll farms. He is a knowing participant in this disinformation thing, and so and, and that's why even Facebook or Twitter last week said, yeah, we're not you know we're not going to let you spread this, and then of course you know. Twitter rolled over and played dead because the Republicans on Friday said, if you don't let us lie on your platform, we're going to subpoena you, and bring you in and, and, and limit your ability to make money. I, I, now I know what you're talking about. So there was a New York Post article and yes. Twitter deleted tweets that had links to the Post article a couple of days ago. But then they did a 180 and said, you know what, we were wrong to delete the article. But we're still going to keep tagging them as misinformation. So we'll leave it up to people to, you know, here's a warning. What you're about to click in is kind of misleading, very much so misleading. But here's the link anyway. Okay. I don't know. I, I kind of, um, I'm kind of ambivalent about that reversal. Like, I don't really like think, yeah, it's a bit of a rollover, if you want to call it that. But at the same time, you know, I think them tagging these posts are, I guess, I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a news article. It's a report. It's not like you know the bullshit uh, you know ad farm kind of weird propaganda that gets pushed on Facebook. Like that that it's completely unvetted and it's completely it doesn't have a byline or a source or anything like that. And that gets propagated as news. That's a little bit different. But um, I, I, I mean, I mean, the post is much closer to. The Inquirer than the New York Times, <laughs> like like when you think, and the fact that they they broke the story, but the FBI has come out and said, yeah, there's nothing. And it's funny because you know there's one syndicated show I listen to, and the woman's like, yeah, and allegedly there's a you know a, a Biden sex tape, and I'm in for that. Like if you've seen Hunter Biden, like yeah, I think I'd enjoy that. Oh, I, I was hoping for Jill Biden because you know, <laughs> Dr. Uh, Biden, you, you uh you're you you naughty. Uh, but seriously. Hopefully it just goes away. Um, but even the Bill Barr, 
not Bill Burr, run like security apparatus, um, has come out and said, yeah, we've uh, we've investigated this and this is Russian misinformation. So, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, it's great that the Republican senators come out and said, yeah, but we still want it out there. You know, it's like, I mean, in 2016, it was like or 15. It's like, are they helping? We don't know if they're helping. Maybe they're helping. But, you know, we'll we'll get into that after the election. And now they're flat out saying, yeah, we know they're helping and uh, we will we subpoena like you mm-hmm. if you get in their way. If, <laughs> listen, Jack from Twitter, if you get in the way of Russia helping. Um, right. You're meddling with their meddling so so that's what what else scotus of course the supreme court has put a halt to the census counting which there's no other way to say it it's like how can we fuck the poor for another generation oh let's stop the counting to make sure that we underserve the people who need it to be served most because uh the census is a huge way of helping level the playing field not that it ever has but at least they make attempts to get services to the communities that need it based on counting that the Supreme Court has now said, yeah, the president can stop the counting. It's, the president can't count that high anyway. But what I'm trying to say here is this. You mentioned the SCOTUS stopping the census. Yeah. Um, this is another um, SCOTUS event happening last I, week. I can't. I can't even talk about it, Joe. Oh, that's if you too want bad. to, is that a is that a medical condition? Like you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's overwhelming depression that we all know. How, no matter what angle you look at it, whether it's the make your stomach sick racism hypocrisy of not letting Obama put a pick in when he had eleven and a half months to do it, and yet this woman is going to be confirmed by the time they're done with the confirmation hearing, she will be confirmed. Within days of every, the election. Every time I'm watching moments from the hearing, all I can remember is the scene from Bugs Bunny when he's racing the turtle. But then he dresses up as the turtle. And <laughs> the rabbit's goons are trying to keep the turtle from winning. But Bugs Bunny, dressed up as the turtle, is getting beat up. And then all of a sudden, the turtle dresses up as the hare. Yes. And then they carry the hare across the finish line, like, as fast as possible. And they say, hooray for the rabbit. Like, that's what's happening with Amy Coney Barrett. Is that, you know, she's in the rabbit suit. They're carrying her across the finish line it's just so in disgusting. time for the election. And, 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 it, it, and it's not fucking about Roe versus Way, which is gone. That's gone. You know, I apologize to every woman, every non-rich white woman because you know outlawing abortion means you know a rich woman can get on a plane and go someplace where it's safe to get an abortion at the drop of a hat the ones you know with gucci booted feet who you know step over the fence of oppression but no seriously that's the truth you're you're restricting so that's a different story this is so when they contest the election which in the last couple of weeks bar pence and bloatus have all publicly said we're not going to accept the results of the election, and we know it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And that's why they are desperate, because surprise, surprise, there's been a couple things over the last few months that went five to four because, you know, either Roberts, you know, or somebody had a moment of conscience. It's like, yeah, I support these motherfuckers most of the time, but I can't. I, I can't repeal um, the protections of uh, pre-existing conditions during a pandemic, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, so there have been those moments, and they desperately need 
her on there to hand him the election, even if Biden wins. Um, so, so I can't even talk about it. All, although I just did, I just want to blow through, you know, the other things. You know, again, I truly believe the GOP as a whole collectively is a terrorist organization. And again, more proof of that is in the state of Wisconsin, the governor has put restrictions on the number of people who can go in a bar, and the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin that is like seven to two or six to three, like Republican has said, uh, no, you know, we're, we're lifting all restrictions. So you cheeseheads want to go watch the Packers game and, uh, and hug and kiss and, you know, roll around on the ground with the greased up naked deaf guy. You go right ahead because, uh, (laughs) we don't, we, we, we don't fucking care. Um, NBC, which, you know, I was like, fuck you, NBC, for letting, for absolutely enabling the president's worst, you know, I mean, just, I'm not going to do the debate, blah, 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 and putting it head to head that I was so pissed at NBC, and I still am, but the number of NBC executives on both sides of the camera, you know, you know, you know, big talented names, you know, executive producers, show creators, show writers who wrote them saying, uh, can you show the, his town hall before or after? But putting it side by side is such a disrespect. And, it, you know, so, I mean, that was awful last week. But, you know, at least at least at his town hall, you know, Blotus took time to basically praise QAnon. Um, hey, they say, fight pedophiles. Say, you know, <laughs> yeah, except for um, they go after the pedophiles, except for the pedophiles. Right. They don't, (laughs) they don't, uh, there's a difference between fighting pedophilia and then calling somebody a pedophile because you don't like them. Right. Right. You know, I mean, they're still going off about Pizzagate, you know, Uh, and, and the fact that, oh, I've yet to hear QAnon mention the Catholic church, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but they're still out there chasing windmills. He doubles down on, yeah, it's awful that a bunch of white guys who call themselves patriots try to put together a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. That's bad. But she really has to go. So second time's the charm, boys. You know, you know, I mean, flat out is saying, yeah, no, that was bad. But, you know, she is awful and they got to get her out of there. So, um, hey, at least. At least he did uh, disavow Antifa and the Democrats who right. are running Antifa and the, or running these states because they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, and, you know, uh, another fun thing on Friday. Uh, guess who vetoed um, federal aid to the state of California for their historically bad fire season? Uh, that uh, would have been Donald Trump had he not uh, got, uh, reversed that. Did oh, you? he did. He, I yeah, didn't so, see that. so shortly before we started recording, I noticed that uh, Governor Newsom said, uh, I just got off the phone with the president, and he's going to give us the money after all. Uh, grateful for his, uh, his, his reversal on this or something like that, or gratitude. So he basically... Trump made him beg for the money. No, and it's it's. I remember joking about this on on the podcast like two years ago. It was such a Trump thing where I go to Joe's house, light his couch on fire, but then I run to the kitchen and get a bucket and I put the fire out. And I am furious at Joe because he never thanked me for putting the fire out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but you lit the couch on fire. I put the fire out. Yes, but you started. We're not talking about how the fire started. I'm the hero who put that fire out. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it's just such a piece of shit thing to do. And Biden, dude, it's the easiest. It's the easiest thing for him to say when he did his town hall. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be the president of everybody. If you didn't vote for me, I'm still your best interest. Like, I still want to do what's right by the American people, not by the people who voted for me. And and it was. It was like the day after that town hall that Blotus is threatening to withhold, or he did at one point withhold the money because, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he wanted Newsom to beg him for the money that Congress is the one, you know, and, and, and we know by this time next week, if we do a podcast next week, if the world hasn't ended, um, I, I, I'm pretty much sure there will be a stimulus package passed that, that he's waiting just for the week of, or the week before the election. So he can say, yep, the Democrats in Congress couldn't get it done, but I, uh, I got this. So your stimulus checks are going to be there. I mean, not right away. I, I still have to personally sign them my 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 my, my signature put on them but you know he's been holding up the stimulus thing for months months and months and months people are desperate and that is going to be his gift to everybody it's like my generosity the democrats couldn't get it done it's so awful one other thing that you haven't seen is that apparently at a rally he mentioned that he's going to provide free vaccines to all seniors in nursing homes. Free coronavirus vaccines to all seniors in nursing homes. And I'm like, huh, that would be a, a nice gesture. A, if it wasn't so laser-focused exclusive, like, okay, just the seniors in nursing homes? Like, what's that all about? B, there's no fucking vaccine. What are you talking about? Even Pfizer has come out and said, and they're one of the front runners. Um, of getting of getting their thing you know approved they even said yeah at the at the soonest the absolute soonest and this was released on friday the absolute soonest we can we will be going to the fda seeking emergency fast tracking there's a term for it it's three weeks after the election like the app and that's if there's no other hiccups and that is the absolute fastest. So right, yeah, and, but I mean, I don't think he put a timeline on it. I don't think he that f- thoughtful. I don't think he thought that far ahead. But I mean, just a just a you know, he's. I think next week he's going to be promising no homework. Like I think that's got to be <laughs> the point. You know, um, you know, cake for lunch every day. What Ooh. what else can you throw in there to entice the voters? Let's you know? get, no, no, no. Let's let's stay on the cake every day thing because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be on the so. That, that's awful. Everything's awful. Nothing's getting better. So let's get to sport because that's a good distraction. So the Indianapolis Colts sent everybody home on Fridays because of some false positives with uh, COVID. Like, and I, and I heard that like Friday afternoon. It's like, oh, Colts sent everybody home. And in and, and football the last few weeks, there's that big thing now. It's like, okay, so if one person has it, you're still going to play a game, even though you could be asymptomatic and we're not going to wait three days or we are going to like the, the, you know, to use a football analogy to talk about football, it's an ever moving goalpost and it's half the NFL fault and half nobody fucking knows what's going on. And I think the NFL should come right out now and say, okay, here's the deal. 
we're tacking on two weeks to the end of the season because we know we're going to have to miss a lot of games. We know there's other games because almost every day, oh, if, if and that's the thing. If one player tests in the facility, he's not the only person with it. And even, you know, and it seems like COVID shockingly is, is spiking like 19 states as of last Thursday, 19 states had their worst weeks on record for the number of new cases. Um, and, and, and it seems like the four, and it's weird. It's like, who was administering the test that, you know, four of how many people they test were false positives on the same day? You know, was it just a bad batch of kits or something like that? Well, you know, they don't want to, you know, keep using new cotton swabs. Those things get expensive. <laughs> that, they, that, that money adds up. But what about, I mean, this has been bandied about since pre-NFL, and I know you talked about this, but at what point do they have to go, you know what, we got to um, look at doing a bubble because we need to do the bubble in order to prevent this slowdown, or, or are they just going to be like, fuck it, plow ahead, you know what, yeah. we're going we're gonna, to you know, forfeit games and you know, penalize teams for breaking COVID and I don't know. What do you, I guess, right? So they're taking the more of the Florida mentality, not so much the Orlando mentality, but the Florida mentality. And and that's the thing. As soon as I heard, because they're at the point now where by the end of this week, I think half the NFL are past their bye weeks. So if we have a situation going into week nine, like you had in week three or four, because, you know, luckily for some of the games that had to be moved, it's like, oh, these two teams that are are supposed to play this Sunday both have bye weeks four weeks from now. So we can move this four weeks, you know, so both of the teams luckily have bye weeks the same time or. The last time they had to move a game, and I think it was our Patriots game, they had to juggle like eight other games around in order to accommodate this one being moved for another week. And so they had but, a Bills Tuesday night game for Christ's sake. You know that was the makeup the, game for the Tennessee Titans. The third Tuesday night game in the history of the NFL. <laughs> one. One was played in 1948. <laughs> One was played about 10 years ago because there was a blizzard. It, there was a blizzard um, that uh, for a Monday night football game that forced the game to go the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and now this. But, but like I said, I mean, they've been lucky as so far as every team had a bye week and this started hitting the weeks. You know, I, I, I didn't mention this uh, and I'll mention it now. Uh, so the town that we live in, Lowell, uh, they, you know, the first two weeks, everybody was home and then 25% of the kids went in three weeks ago. But at the start of the school year, when everybody was home, the decision was made, okay, we're going to go hybrid and here's the deal. If we have three weeks in a row where we are in the red, we're going back to full remote. That was three weeks ago as of the recording of this Um Guess who's going for a remote next week? The school has been open for three weeks. Lowell has coincidentally been in the red for three weeks. So as of this podcast, um, Lowell is back to full remote. So after two weeks, 25% of kids went in. Everybody had to rearrange their schedule, the teachers, the kids. And three weeks later, we're going to back to the starting gate. And, Mm. and, And Joe, I mean, seriously, 
who who could have seen this coming? Who? Who could have possibly seen this coming? Could it be Satan? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, and one real quick thing. Uh, speaking of bubbles, uh, I watched the last quarter of the NBA Finals um, and, uh, you know, saw L.A. Lakers. Congratulations, Lakers. I mean, I'm going to say it because I don't have some weird hate L.A. thing anymore because I, I kind of don't give a shit. But also they lost Kobe at the beginning. The, the world lost Kobe. And to see that kind of, A, it's a, a success story that the NBA, you know, we're shitting on the NFL and all these other things for like not obeying COVID regulations. The NBA and Disney, they fucking, they did it right. Like they, they right. actually did it right. At, Them in hockey. Yeah, like they've done it correctly. And, you know, it was a success story essentially for sports. So, you know, that happened, but, you know, there's, um, yeah, there's just more evidence that you kind of maybe need a bubble in order to make, I mean, they're doing the World Series now, which is, I guess, another thing. And by the way, speaking of the NFL COVID regulations, isn't it bizarre? Don't you find it bizarre that the coaches on the sidelines are being penalized for not wearing masks because they might be spreading COVID to the referees and everybody else? Yet the fucking players are as interacting, if not more, with the referees and everything. It's like, and it's like, what are you, what are we doing? The, the, it, it seriously is the epitome of making it up as you go along. Yeah, and it's like, and, and that's what you know. One of the McCourty brothers, I think it was Jason McCourty, a couple of weeks ago, had said, "It's like, dude, what do you, you know? We're, we're not supposed to play these games this close together." Luckily, a Kansas City Chief game got moved, but because of other games being moved, because of no fault of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots game having to be moved from like a Sunday to a Monday and then and then the next Sunday the Chiefs had a game and a Thursday night game so in 12 days you know and they moved that Thursday night game but going into that second game on that Sunday the NFL still had the Chiefs scheduled to play 4 days later which honestly to make an NFL player like the face of the league the face of the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is the new is is the new Peyton Manning. It just didn't take him fourteen years to win his first title, but <laughs> but he's good looking. He is funny. He is uh, you know affable, uh, uh, charming. Two years ago, he won league MVP and lost in in overtime in the conference championship. He turns around the next season as league MVP and Super Bowl MVP. He is the face of the franchise. He's not the face of franchise. He's the face of the league. And you're making that guy play three games in twelve days with travel. Whew. After hugging Gilmore, you know what uh, I mean. I you know, know. it's it's you the know, worst of the worst of the worst. And, and and you're like, how does the players' association let their players be put in those positions? You know, I mean, honestly, I, w- I was aghast all the way around about that. And um, but like I said, they the the had the Colts test been positive on Friday. That's what like the McCordys were saying. It's like, wait, if somebody pops on Friday, you want oh, so as long as everybody clears a test on Sunday, you can be positive. You can be negative on Sunday, play the game, and then Monday morning, oh, there were seven people who, you know, if anybody in the locker room has it, you know, there's no such thing as one person on the team having it. We we, we know that. So, but luckily, you know, they said there was 12. I don't know. I'm just rambling. But the fact that 
you know, I still think the NFL has to do one of two things. They have to say, you know what? There's going to be week 18 and week 19. We know we're going to move a lot of uh, games around. And at the same time, and hopefully not, but if things continue on this trend, you know, there will be a stoppage and they might say, you know what, we're taking a, a month break and then we're going to come back and we'll see you at the L.A. bubble. <laughs> you know, and Yeah, I mean, I, I, I predicted that they would go 18 weeks before they <laughs> put the brakes you on. Did. So, you actually, you so know. far, so good. They got the train rolling. Uh, what else is happening? Joe, what do you want? Uh, like, you know, no, you know, before we go there, I almost <laughs> skipped over it. Any, anything happening video game wise? Uh, nope. My kid has gotten hardcore into the Mario Lego. The the have you seen this thing? I have. Dude, first of all, those Mario's are hard to get. And and they scam all kids. They sell all these kits and the Mario is kind of translucent on the box and you have to really flip the box over three ways, turn it perpendicular at a 16 degree angle. And under a black light, it says, Mario figure not included. <laughs> and so my poor mom bought a $60 kit for my kid, gets it home last weekend, and he's nearly in tears because it's like, you know, it's like, you know, the old Stephen Wright, you know, I bought some batteries. They weren't included, you know, and, and they go back to the store. There's no Mario. She takes him to like three stores. They're out of the Mario. Mm -hmm. You know, finally, management found one like three targets later. Um, and we bought a bunch of sets. Dude, the thing is fucking cool. It, it really is actually cool. And I, I, and, you know, I can't bore everybody to death with it, but it is amazing that there's some little sensor in that, that you can build these Lego Mario worlds and do these course runs and they're timed and it has all the sound effects. If you jump on a mushroom versus if you jump on a Goomba versus if you, jump on top of a pipe or you get a coin and stuff and mario makes so many sounds um that's it's kind of video game related but that's all i got no yeah i've seen the videos of that and it does look cool but right it's like another yeah it's like uh it's it's typical nintendo it's actually the the, co the combination of the scarcity of nintendo hot products versus the high prices of the lego products and also its scarcity uh, run-ins yeah it's um luckily they're doing it before christmas you know it's a kind of like a little preamble to what to expect when christmas rolls around but uh, he's losing sleep because yeah. he's hoping he's praying that that they release a mar that they release a luigi <laughs> keep praying kid you know and he's like well if they sell enough and they do this and maybe buy him some like green paint <laughs> well it's funny you say that so uh, which we'll get to in Parenting Tip of the Week. Uh, what do you got for what you're watching? Well, the only thing that I've note that I've watched, and I've recommended it to you, but I don't think you got around to it, is a new HBO documentary called Wild Card, The Downfall of a Radio Loudmouth. And it's about the Chris, I'm sorry, the Craig Carton scandal. And I don't, I've never really heard of Craig Carton before this. Scandal. I knew him. I knew of him. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Joe, uh, Craig Carton was the co-host of Boomer and Carton for 10 years on WFAN's radio station in New York. But they also had a simulcast CBS uh, sports net show that was a televised thing. So they were like the hottest thing in sports a radio for you know a good 10 years from 2007 to 2017. Really, when Imus said Nappy-Headed Hose, that's when he was canned. 
and he was on the fan at the time, and they picked up Boomer Sison and Craig Carton. And the documentary talks about how Craig Carton, he was popular, and you know he, they go into his history and his um, you know his upbringing, but they also get into what led to his downfall because in 2017 he was arrested on ticket fraud charges. Uh, he was involved in a lot of weird businesses, one of which was this ticket business where it was like this ticket reselling business, like it was like a you know like a, a second tier market or tier tier ticketing or whatever you call it, kind of like a you know not not really like a kind of like a StubHub I guess I don't know, but um, he used funds from that to pay off gambling debts, and eventually he did pay off the lenders. Uh, the investors, but you're not supposed to do that with that kind of money. And the FBI caught wind of it. They were actually looking, the FBI was looking into his partner and they stumbled upon his records. So, but they also, what led to him becoming a failed businessman was he was an excellent blackjack player and gambler, but he would have this, he would get into this business. I guess they got on, uh, one one day they got on the air about this, uh, they were going to go to Vegas for a show, or Atlantic City Borgata or something, and they were going to do a live show, but Craig Carton said to Boomer Esiason, I, I can make you $15,000 on a $10,000 bet, or something, or $25,000 on a $10,000 investment, $10,000 bet, and he's like, well, what do you really? Let's make it happen. So, Boomer Esiason on the air gives him $10,000 cash. They go to the Borgata, there's a huge crowd of people, because they've been building this up for weeks and weeks, and lo and behold, Carton fucking does well. He made like I think fifty thousand dollars, and he you know paid him the twenty five thousand, kept the rest, and um, that sort of uh, he was off to the races. People, high high rollers, were calling into the station saying, "I got a hundred thousand dollars. I got a guy who can give him you know five hundred thousand dollars." You know, and he was doing a business on the side where he would take bets from high rollers, like large sums of cash. You know, fly to Vegas or or Atlantic City. You know, do like a, a, you know, a 24 hour binges sometimes of blackjacks. He would play three hands at a time and um, he would win large sums of money. If you were to give him $100,000, you give him like a month to make like 110000 or whatever it is. And then you keep, he would keep the rest, whatever above and beyond the investment and the, and, and the interest, he would be able to keep the rest of the winnings. But um, yeah, he gets arrested and uh, that's, that's the crescendo of the documentary, but it's, um, yeah, it gets into his gambling thing. Did you watch it at all? I didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I want to. Did it get into, and it's, it's funny because I, you know, um, oh, what is it? Morning show, that show on H on Apple TV with Steve Carell where, you know, it starts off that, you know, Steve Carell gets fired in the middle of the night you know a sex scandal type thing and now his morning partner of like 15 years has to go on the show and say hey that's what happened to boomer like boom boomer had no idea and the story breaks and he's like well fuck i have to and and it it was it was a tough listen to that morning i remember when it happened so no i will definitely check that out i will warn you chris christie is a prominent figure he's like one of the people who gives testimonials in this documentary. You mean uh, Chris Christie, the guy who had COVID and came out and went on um, Good Morning America last Friday and said, I probably shouldn't have gone to that event at the White House. And and they told me that everybody was testing 
you know, negative and, uh, and you can't believe that. And I should have worn a mask. Yes. And I'm thinking, oh, you fat fuck. I wish you had died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That Chris Christie, but okay. also Craig Carton is in the documentary. Like he's giving a lot of testimonials. It's not just like talking behind Craig Carton's back. Like, Hey, this is about Craig Carton. This is a second chance story about Craig Carton, but yeah, I won't give any more else away, but it's I'll worth a watch. It. HBO Max. Check it out. I haven't watched almost any TV, and uh, you know I've been busy doing this this USO celebrity thing that I I don't know if we got I, a chance to bring I, that up. I wish we had time to go into it some more, but you know what? I I, I think we are up for a parenting tip. I think we do. Uh, no, no. I just quickly I did watch two minutes and thirty seconds uh, of a of a clip for a movie coming out called Fat Man. Have you seen the clip of the movie coming out starring one Mr. Mel, the Holocaust Never Happened Gibson? No. You haven't heard of this movie? No. Um, Mel, Passion of the Christ, Sweet Tits Gibson, plays a Santa Claus who gives a piece of coal to some rich, somewhat connected kid of some sorts who hires a hitman to go kill Santa Claus. I'm pretty sure it's a drama with a couple funny yucks in it. It could be comedy. I did a little research. Turns out it is not a cut-for-time SNL skit. I'm going to say something here that's going to shock you. Okay. I like the premise. (laughs) I like. Have you have you seen it? No, I like what you're saying though. It's like some like connected kid puts a hit out on Santa. That's yes. fucking funny. I'm sorry, Mel Gibson shouldn't be attached to anything, but that premise has legs. Yeah, I, I think you know that's. If it were not for the star of the movie, I might take a gander at that film. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... And, and, you know, and, and, and they have him in a biracial Mrs. Claus is black. So, you know, it's like, hey. Oh, everything's hey, fine. How, how, you know, look, look, we all say horrifically anti-Semitic things for decades. And now and then, you know, we all say, you know, awfully racist thing to cops when we're pulled over drunk. I mean. Luckily, we didn't have podcasts back then. You, so, you right. Know. <laughs> right. You, you know. So, yeah. So, so uh, Batman. Uh, so parenting what, okay. tip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parenting tip. Yeah. What's your parenting tip? Please. So my kid, the youngest one, uh, obsessed. He, he, you know, he, he actually recently, not a shock to anybody, has been uh, diagnosed with OCD. <laughs> um, and he gets in these things this this current obsession he lives for luigi you know he he loves the sidekicks loves the sidekicks you know i mean and why wouldn't he his his brother was named after a sidekick you know what <laughs> you know uh, uh and so he um lives for luigi he loves Absolutely. the band garfunkel and oats i can't get enough of them <laughs> it's a band garfunkel and oats and they are hilarious yeah uh, of course that's what but he, he loves Luigi. He loves his Mario figure and he loves it. But he's obsessed because he saw some people paint it green, like some real artisan, some people who have, they didn't just like slop some paint and get it over the electronic chip that, you know, <laughs> you know, the time. Anyways, and so he's so desperate 
for me to buy him another Mario so that he and his mom can paint it green. <laughs> and, and his mom's like, nope, hard pass, <laughs> you know? And um, he actually uh, borrowed one of our phones the other night, took a uh, screen grab and um, sent it to his grandmother and says, hey, if you happen to see this, I, I need another one so I can make a Luigi. And I made a deal with him. And here's my parenting tip. Because he's doing remote learning and everything's online and you can see everything, they have a reading guide or, 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 or a website that they can log into. And you can see how many books – and they're not books. They're, they're stories. They're five to ten pages. And then you have to take a quiz after. Um, and I had told them if in two weeks – you have the most books read in your class. I will get one. And um, we, we, we had a out of the gate went with flying things. And at the end of each of these stories, there's a quiz. And I guess you pass the quiz if you get a five of the 10 questions. So I had to redo the contract <laughs> and say, no, you have to get a nine or a 10 for it to count. So even if you have read 20 and the closest person has like 18 or 19, um, but you have gotten five, six, sevens, or eights on any of them. Those don't count. Um, and uh, uh, we found out he can go back and, and retake the quiz, and you know, which which means rereading the story, <laughs> you oh, know. Geez. But I'm 100%. My parenting tip is if, if, if bribing your kids to become ferocious reader is what it takes ah uh, in the long run it's 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 money well spent it's not bribing. It's money well it's spent positive reinforcement okay that's what i'm calling it by the way we didn't even talk about the lightsaber video that i sent to you dude we can't how can we talk about that because i i i went to my parents a few weeks ago i told you i came home with 12 boxes of comics i haven't got a chance to catalog yet um I'm going to have to so I can bribe my way of getting to actually use it. I could never afford it. I mean, <laughs> but, but Joe did send me a clip. And I've seen these guys before. Over the years, these, you know, basement scientists with some real engineering, mechanical engineering, structural engineering, real science degrees from real science places have made different versions of lightsabers. As you, as you saw from the clip, uh, one of their versions of a lightsaber caused a visit from the local fire department. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But they made an actual plasma retractable lightsaber, which was fucking awesome, I have to say. And, I didn't, and that was brought to my attention by my son, who saw the video. So I was like, who are these guys? And I guess, what do they call like? Uh, like hacking industries or something like that. Yeah, hack, I think I think you're master right. Yeah. Or something. I fucking I forget. But look up. No, I think it's hack masters. Yeah, or maybe. Yeah. So look it up on YouTube. It's a real lightsaber. They do two videos. One is the build, which is very impressive, and then second is the. All right, now let's take this shit out for a test drive. Um, let's see what happens if we put this through a quarter plate uh, steel plate, like you know, to kind of mimic what a. A door, like one of those barrier doors would be in Star Wars. Like, you know, when Qui-Gon Jinn was trying to... Uh, 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 uh. Blast shields. They, they, blast shields. Blast shields. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't think of the words. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, actually... <laughs> <laughs> 
With the blast shield down, I can't even see the target. I'll um, show myself out. <laughs> please do. And we'll show ourselves out. Thank you for listening to Carnival Personnel. We've had enough of this. And we're going to say goodbye to each and every one of you. Um, not individually like I did last week, but um, collectively. I'm going to bid each and every one of you a fond adieu. Do not forget to vote. Early voting is starting this week in Massachusetts. Nobody that lives in Massachusetts to listen to the podcast except for Floor um, <laughs> and, and Jacques. Jacques and Floor are the only two Massachusetts residents who listen to the podcast. Um, but yeah, early voting starts. D- make sure that your ballot drop-off box is legitimate because there's holy some- shit. Wait, I, I got Jacques that? talking. I no, got- how did we blow over that? Well, because you didn't have. I think you ran out of paper. That's oh, what it was. I apologize. I apologize. Right, right, right. So, anyways, make sure you have a legitimate drop-off box for your ballots. And uh, you know which way to vote. You know the right way to vote, you son of a bitch. You don't do the wrong thing. Come on. Don't blow this like you did in 2016. Come on. This is the most important election of 2020. I say, I say, I say, boy, come on. I know, I know. Figures don't lie. Ah, anyways, what am I going to talk about? Nothing. That's enough out of me. Good night, everybody. Have a good week. And don't forget...